Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loon fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar, as well as our trusty producer, AJ Fredrickson. Boys, a uh, miserable weekend, we can say that, uh, from a goal, uh, from a rec- uh, result-wise. But uh, fun seeing Pookie in action. Uh, there's a lot of excitement going into it, but the end result was pretty crappy. How are you guys today on this Monday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, it's been 48 of, not even that, 36 hours. It still feels like a crappy game. But, um, I, you know, and it wasn't – it was just that the expectations and the excitement level was so high. You could feel it as soon as you got to the stadium, in the concourses, in the press box. Um, yeah, and that, that's what made it such a disappointment that the team – and. It's not that the team played awful, particularly in the first half. Uh, they were dominant and couldn't score a goal, and, and that's surprise. That's nothing new to us. Um, <laughs> as much as I love Mender Garcia and watching him just toast people with his with his incredible pace, um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't put the ball in the net. It's time to find something else to do. So. Um, yeah, it still feels like a big disappointment, but you know, the, the good thing is they can erase that feeling, uh, in a couple of days if they do things right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's coming off a first 45 where you thought, wow, okay. You know, a couple bounces here or there, they're right back in this. It's not like they don't have like the chances going in their, in their favor. They can probably do something in the second half. And then, um, it just kind of kept going downhill in a sense where they couldn't really get that grasp on it. It was like trying to catch a greased up pig you get it right in your arms and all of a sudden it squeaks right back out and uh it kept getting further and further away from them so the nice thing is we've talked about this they've had this earlier in the season where a tough loss like that you immediately have to kind of move on forget about it put it in the past and you look ahead to the next game they can kind of clear their mind and hopefully not bring any bad juju down to houston this week when they travel there for the midweek game wednesday um, and then even if that goes poorly, they're back at home this following Saturday. So, uh, it, it, it's a nice week to kind of turn things around and with the kind of newer faces and excitement, you can kind of maybe hit the reset button and hopefully get, uh, what we expected this past weekend to finally show up this coming weekend. I gotta say one of my favorite parts of doing this show week in and week out is AJ's weird analogies that he brings to this show. It is, it is one of my favorite parts of this show. All right. Just point that out. I'll keep them coming. Yeah, I usually, I usually take notes, and then I ask somebody younger than me if they can translate. <laughs> Dan, you know, greased up pig. You're, you're. You, that one's been around yeah, long enough yeah. that that one registers with you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but it's worse than a greased up pig, AJ. This is like somebody else's greased up pig, so it's not yeah. even your own. It's the worst kind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I think the expectations made for a very disappointing night for sure. And we'll get to kind of all the reasons why it happened. Uh, I kind of want to start with uh, the Mender Garcia point and kind of where and take that in a bunch of different uh, directions. But uh, the game started off with Minnesota thoroughly dominating. It felt like through the first 35 minutes before the first goal went in for Austin. And they created chance after chance after chance that it, as Dan said, this is the same old story as it's always been with this club is that they know how to create mm. chances. Just that final effort, that final product just isn't there. But this team clearly had a game plan of attacking, of counterattacking, just basically direct route one through Mender Garcia and creating chances that way. And they did it. It's just Mender Garcia is so 
raw and not good enough at that final product that it never came off uh, well. And they could not get past Brad Stuver uh, through the first 85 minutes of the match. Um, and I, lo- I like to think that Mender Garcia, despite not scoring, uh, did show that he has a role in this offense to play, especially if Franco Fragapani is going to remain out. That with Timu Puki in, uh, he's obviously going to be the starting striker for this club. There's no question about that. That's what he was brought in here to do. Uh, but I'd like to think that Mender Garcia showed that this offense can still operate with him in it. It's just they're, they're not going to be able to rely on him for goal scoring, but they can rely on him to help create those chances with his speed and the holdup play that he's able to put together. I don't, I don't know, and I agree with you because he changes the way people have to play defense. I mean, absolutely uh, changes, uh, but where do you put him? I mean, because obviously right now maybe he'll develop a scoring touch later in his career, and, and, and it takes a while sometimes for these guys to develop. But, but until then, uh, where do you put him where, he, where his speed will continue to disrupt the flow of the game and the way teams play defense. I mean, um, yeah, if you're putting him in that that left side where Fragapane was playing, um, yeah, I would think that would open up things in the middle even more. Um, and not that Reynoso needs a lot open. I mean, he makes his creates his own yeah. space a lot of times. And um, yeah, I, I, I certainly can't see the wrong with trying that because Rosales did what he could and we know what Song Ben Jong can do right now. And eh, I think we're just we're lacking a little bit in that spot right now until someone uh steps up and kind of makes it theirs and uh, that hasn't happened yet. So um yeah I, I, I don't know you think AJ but I think yeah you got it. that speed is so disruptive and Longwane's not uh, too far behind him on the other side. If they did play that uh that would be that would give some defense some problems, I would think. Yeah, I mean, he's we've seen him in that left position. Um, and like you said, if Fragapane continues to be vacant, why why not give him that opportunity? Don't, you know, remove him and put him on the bench permanently. That being said, if you do pretty much go with like the exact starting 11 you saw this past weekend, obviously you're going to bring Michael Boxel back in and, and replace of Debassi now that he's off of uh, yellow card accumulation suspension. But um you go Pookie as the starter starting striker. And then you, it's like going from, you know, it's like going from Jim Palmer to a on the mound. You, <laughs> you go from this guy who's throwing 86 mile per hour fastballs to touching one Oh five consistently. Um, and, and, you know, Pookie being the aged veteran, he is, I'm not saying he can't go a full 90, but when it gets to the 70, 75th minute, maybe he's feeling it in the legs a little bit. And then you bring in a guy who has, lightning like speed and that changes the dynamic of the game especially if you need to really push the pace uh later on you maybe you're you're looking for that last goal you're going to take a guy off who probably uh undoubtedly has a better scoring touch for a guy that can really open up the and really beat the back line relatively easily coming on with fresh legs so um i think there is definitely a role for him it's just a matter of i think his execution on the final product because like you said we you have that build up and you've seen the speed and he has the the touch to be almost a playmaker at times it's just the scoring is is lacking which uh does need a little work and whether it's a mental thing or it's just a skill thing that he just is lacking right now is to be seen but um he's not a guy that you're going to drop from the lineup entirely he's going to continue to contribute in some you know facet whether it's off the bench for that change of pace or i think i think the left side would suit him just fine 
Yeah, but AJ, you're, you're talking about Franco. He hasn't scored a goal yet this year, so you're not mm. you're not taking off a guy with a scoring touch. That's We'd true. like to think he is a guy with a scoring <laughs> touch, but the the evidence is in the stat sheet. Um, he does a lot of good things, just like uh, Mender Garcia. He's just an older version of Garcia. He brings yeah. energy. He's fast. <laughs> he 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 does make things happen. I love watching Franco play, um, but not scoring. So no. you know, it's it's a kind of a swap out there for a little more speed. Let me pose this to you guys then. Uh, just a question, uh, just out of nowhere here, off that com- off that point by Dan. Neither have scored or have a real good definitive s- scoring touch right now. Um, and as you said, Franco not scoring a goal yet this season. I think Mender has what two uh, so far this season, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, if both of those guys are healthy at the same time, mm-hmm. and with how we've seen the operate operate or the offense operate with both of those in that position at that left wing. Say you have Puki up top, you have Bongi on the right, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso is the number 10. Who are you taking as a left winger with both of those guys active and with what you've seen this offense do with each of those guys in there? It operates in very different ways. Who are you taking at that left wing spot? Go ahead, AJ. I think it depends on the matchup on that <laughs> and whoever the right back is would be if you're if you're putting him on the left side. Because if it's a guy with pace, I'd probably go Franco just because I'd rather have probably that energy and that feistiness that he brings. But if it's a guy who, you know, his pace isn't up to snuff and Mender's going to be able to blow by him for 70 plus minutes continually, like with ease, throw him out there. Absolutely. Cause you're going to be able to open up, exploit that left side of the field. And um, that's going to create a lot of chances, make the defense and back line kind of shift there to cover. And then that opens up things on the right side, which is going to allow Bongi to run wild and run free. So, yeah. um, I probably would lean more towards Mender just for that sake, because we know some of the abilities of players in the MLS and kind of how, uh, but it, it bottom line is it comes up to the matchup, whatever, whatever it's a, it's a different circumstance for each guy, but I would probably lean towards Mender. I feel like you changed your mind in the middle of your, of your talk there. I'm dead. I did. I, hope, uh, <laughs> I was hoping neither of you were going to notice that, but I started saying, and I had this realization you know, like, you know You're what? good. I just, you I just con- talked myself into this. You convinced yourself of something. That's that's good. No, I would I would still start Franco only because uh, I just don't know about Mender. But I got to tell you, here's what I like: is if Garcia can play that position, and if if imagine bringing him in in the 65th minute, fresh against a uh, a couple of defenders that have been playing the full full match. Um, I think his pace would really be disturbing. So right now I'd say Franco Fragapane still, but if Garcia could prove that that, you know, position works for him, uh, that might change my mind, but I'll go with Franco. Yeah. I, I think right now, like AJ, I'm leaning actually towards Mender Garcia, as much as I like Franco Fragapane and what he's brought to this team over the past couple of years, I like what I've seen from this offense and how it operates despite the lack of goal scoring. I like the amount of chances they've been able to create with Mender up top. And if they can get that same kind of run, those same kind of runs from him and that same kind of space to open up for, for him or for Emmanuel Reynoso because of the kinds of runs that he's making that the kind of defense they defenses have to play against a guy with the speed of Mender Garcia. I like the ability of Mender Garcia to keep doing that game in and game out and create the space for Emmanuel Reynoso, for Banghukle Longwani, for Timu Puki. If he's not getting on the goal line, He's not getting on the score sheet goals wise. If he's providing chances and creating opportunities because of his speed, uh, which will open up inevitably spaces for Emmanuel Reynoso or Timu Puki to run into. 
I like that option, having that there uh, for the majority of the match and bringing in Franco Fragapane maybe over the latter parts of the matches, uh, just kind of be, just to come in, be feisty, be a bully on that left-hand side and just beat the tar out of whoever's playing that right-back spot in the opposing on the opposing team after they've just had to run their legs off for the previous 70 minutes. I like the idea <laughs> of Mender Garcia, and it may or may not be a hot take of liking Mender Garcia over Franco Fragapane, but if I'm looking for a speedy winger, I think I'm, or if I'm looking for a winger to kind of change how this offense operates, I think I want Mender Garcia on that left-hand side with how Bonhukle Hongwani has been playing on that right-hand side. I feel like that's a more dangerous offense with those two guys, even though Mender struggles to score. I think that's a more dangerous offense mm-hmm. than having Fragapane there. But obviously Fragapane knows how to score a goal a little bit better than Mender. But I mean, I think I'm going with Mender right now. Uh, if if we could just get Mender to do this, if he just do this a little more often, <laughs> when he talks to the referee, <laughs> then I'd like it. Um, so other notes and points from this match, uh, obviously a very disappointing result with how the defense kind of started to break down after the 35th minute, uh, uh, just some off ball runs, some really good runs from Sebastian Jersey, which you expected, uh, good play from Daniel Pereira, good hard play from Daniel Pereira, which you expected from Austin. And, uh, they catch DJ Taylor out a couple times on some runs and the defense really did struggle after that 35th minute to control what Austin were doing. Uh, on those counterattacks. And I don't know how much of it was due to missing Michael Boxel. Um, but I think a big portion of what the deep, what we saw in the defense on Saturday was because Boxy was out. I, I think so. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much. Uh, and thanks to Michael for stopping by the broadcast booth. It was fun to have him up Absolutely. there. Um, that yeah, that that disrupts. He was he's the leader. He's the most vocal one back there. And they looked to him and, and, you, and you replaced him with the guy that hadn't started the match in almost a year and was coming off a, a major injury. Um, and so that, that seemed like a bit of a gamble to me right there. Um, and DJ Taylor might need a break. I don't know. He's been going, you know, going at it pretty heavily for quite a while for a fairly inexperienced uh, defender. But I think that the, besides Boxel being out, the other problem defensively was when that first goal went in, it was so, so shocking, uh, so much against the way the game had been going. Minnesota had been dominating, and I think it really put them back on their heels, literally, and I, I think that's part of the reason why they struggled too. Yeah, but like you mentioned, Bakaida Bossi came in, and it wasn't, it wasn't like he had been playing recently. This has kind of thrown him back into the fire, which – I don't think helped him at all. If you care about player ratings, his he had the lowest sofa score rating for any player in the match with a 5.6, which is not great. That's probably partly in, in due to he committed the penalty uh, that led to that penalty yeah. in the first half, but um, he won zero ground duels. He had, he won zero aerial duels. He committed a couple fouls. He lost possession a handful of times. <clears throat> um, just it, it wasn't a, a performance that he's going to write home about. Um, and I, I still do believe that that should have been that penalty probably should have been checked a little more wholeheartedly because the replay that I saw on the Apple TV broadcast was that his toe, I think probably got the ball first. I haven't seen multiple angles and maybe that's where that comes into play, but what they showed on the broadcast looked like it was, if it had been left alone and gone back and reviewed, it wouldn't have been a given penalty, but since it was called a penalty immediately, they're not going to overturn it. It was 
it was weird. But um, I, when it comes to the lack of maybe defensive soundness, I, I think Boxel, you, you could hear it when talking to you, Dan, in, in um, up in the booth, which was he, the way that he kind of spoke about how, you know, you, you could tell from being however far away, um, it, it pained him to watch his team at the, <laughs> at the end of the half being down two goals, like, and not, you know, not, he, he wasn't letting maybe the emotion show as much, but you could hear kind of like in the wording of this sucks. I like, I wish I could be down there. Cause not, maybe not in the sense of, um, I could be doing a so much better job, but because I feel like that's my job. And now me being up here is letting the team down because I know that I can contribute. So, yeah. um, he, he's a leader. Um, and when it comes to whether or not that impacted that's to be seen, but I, I do think, that played a role in a sense of if he's down there, it's, you know, I don't know if he commits that from that penalty. I don't know how much other stuff uh, goes the way of, um, of Austin, but um, it, I think there would have been a little more organizational structure on the backside. I, I agree that- completely with Michael because he, um, yeah, you could tell when, especially when he was in the booth, when they, they scored on the PK, uh, you know, I was looking at him like, okay, if, if you're going to hit somebody, hit Jonathan. I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> he did not want right. to be there at that time. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that was kind of the disappointing angle or part of it from our angle was that they were getting beat uh, and they shouldn't have been uh, at that moment in time. So it was, it was a little bit difficult to have uh, for Boxy to obviously be up there. But it was, as you said, Dan, it was awesome having him. Very much appreciate him popping up in in for the broadcast for a couple minutes uh, to join us. That was that's great to have. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Boxy's absence on Saturday was a big factor in why that defense performed so poorly, especially after the 35th minute mark. It just felt like there was maybe a little bit lack of leadership from that defensive aspect um, back there to help kind of corral things and keep things tight like they usually are. And unfortunately, it just came to came to bite them. Uh, we've gotten 18 minutes into this this podcast without talking much about Timu Puki. So. Let's get your thoughts on what we saw from, I guess, both the newcomers, Timu Puki and Ishmael Tajiri Shradi, uh, both made their debuts for the Loons on Saturday. Guys, your thoughts on what we saw from those two uh, against Austin? Pretty, uh, pretty small sample size because we didn't play much offense once yeah. they both came in. Um, I'll comment on uh, Timu. Um, and again, it's a small sample size, but the couple of times they did find him in the 18, he got a shot off. I thought it was noticeable from what we've been watching for strikers, which I'm sure AJ can come up with a really good analogy with greased pigs on that. Um, from what we're used to seeing in strikers, the quickness in which he could get a shot off and the pace in which he could put on a shot, a couple of those, was noticeable. Um, so that's all I got. I think that, you know, that's all we saw. So I think that, you know, we'll know more after Wednesday and, and Saturday, I think, on that. Before you start, AJ, I think that I think going along with Dan's point, the other thing that was noticeable to me was the attention paid to the Minnesota striker, which we haven't seen <laughs> uh, since this team's yeah. been in Major League Soccer. Is that uh, as soon as uh, Team Upuki got on the ball or wherever he was running, there was one, maybe two defenders following him, and as soon as yeah. he got on the ball, there was three defenders swarming him, and that's yep. something we haven't seen from a loon striker probably since Christian Ramirez was in a good run of form in 2017. Like it's been a very long time since we've had a striker that has drawn attention that has made defenses a little fearful. 
to the point where they're willing to leave a man, leave one man or leave Emmanuel Reynoso yeah. open because they want to shut down the angles for the Minnesota striker. I think that was very noticeable on Saturday as well. AJ. Yeah. That was going to be one of my points too. Just like he had that aura of like an elite attacker. The second he stepped on there, it seemed like um, Austin players kind of gravitated towards him. They were shadowing him at all times, whether it was a single or double team. Um, and like Dan said, you, you could see that, that kind of seasoned European scoring ability come to fruition in a sense of he's got, he clearly, I think has a shoot first mentality, which is fantastic, but the quickness he's able to like get in a position to put something towards the goal with a decent amount of power. And he came pretty darn close. I believe a couple of times in however many minutes he was on the field. Um, I'm curious to see though, what the we we saw him come on in a position where his team's trying to get back into this. I want to see mm-hmm. from the first minute of the game, it's deadlocked at zero, fresh slate. I want to see what the uh what the role that he plays there because you know, coming down or coming on the pitch with a, a, a deficit like he did, they're gonna want to feed it to him and see, hey, let's make some magic happen, let's see what you can do, blah blah blah. Um, and that maybe had it in part to why Austin covered him up so much is because they didn't want to let anything start for Minnesota. Um, going to Dejuri Shradi, I mean, he had an assist. First off, credit to Devin Pedelford, uh, hometown guy, getting his first uh, goal in the MLS for senior goal. So congratulations to him. Whether um, it's, you know, th- they're not always the prettiest, but you're going to remember your first. And I'm sure he wishes it was probably in a match where the outcome was a little bit better. But Dejuri Shradi, too small a sample size for me to have a definitive, especially it's not, it's not as flashy. I think of a uh, like debut for him, just because I think all of the attention for um, fans probably being brought on at the same time as team Puki kind of draws from his excitement as well. But um, I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. I did like what I saw on the cross. If that counts for anything, you know, he, he put her up in his position for his team to get in and they ended up capitalizing. So. Yeah. I, I liked what I saw from Tajiri Shradi, as you guys said, Small sample size, so hard to kind of give definitive answers on what we saw, and uh, just the situation makes it difficult to to come away with good conclusions of what we saw <clears throat> uh, from those guys. But uh, from what I already mentioned, what I thought of uh, Timu Puki, from what I saw from Tajiri Shradi, uh, puts in a good cross or puts a good, puts in a good corner kick, and he's very shifty on that ball. He did have moments where he had a couple guys swarming him, and he was able to get out of that and find open Minnesota United players. And so seeing him fit in like that was good to see uh, a good, uh, a good depth piece for the loons. If that's how they use him or good, maybe if they bring him on as a starter, uh, it'd be good to see him in that role too, because he's got the speed and he's got the shiftiness and he scored 28 goals over five years, which is more than any of the other loons wingers can say at this point uh, in their careers at this point. So yeah, I like what I saw from him. Uh, That's probably it. All I want to talk about a four one loss. It's been 23 minutes in this podcast. Let's move on. Uh, next up for Minnesota United is a game against the Houston Dynamo down in Houston on Wednesday night. You can hear that broadcast with Dan Terra and myself on 1500 AM 1500 ESPN uh, on or starting at 7 PM with the pre-match show 739 kickoff uh, for that Wednesday night uh, score North mobile app and 1500 ESPN.com as well for those. Uh, Houston side, a 2-2 draw against Sporting Kansas City. They rescue a draw, and uh, there might be a late red card coming in for, I believe, Sebastian Freer in that one because he pushed, shoved, decked a Kansas City player, 
Gotti Kinda, who was uh who faked the the restart, and Ferreira did not take to that well, and it was only awarded a yellow card in in a weekend that that exhibited the poor refing for Major League Soccer that will be on display for the entire world when when Lionel Messi comes in. Uh, not a good weekend for Major League Soccer refing, but this was one of the key moments or bigger moments in that. Sebastian Ferreira probably deserved a red card, but it was only given a yellow for some reason. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, I, was, I saw the replay and I thought, that's not a red. What are you going to do? What do you you got to you got to <laughs> take someone's limb off to get a red? Um, you didn't pull a weapon, that's why. Yeah, there was no there were no weapons involved. There was no danger to the public. So, yeah. um <laughs> it's going to be upper 90s on Wednesday, so Minnesota Ooh. has to adjust to the heat in Houston, but they know that they're going in and and I think uh AJ was talking about, you know, wants to see a start from Pookie. Is there any reason is there any reason we don't see him start on Wednesday? I can't imagine why. Maybe because um, it's 98 degrees and he's probably never played in that kind of weather before. Oh, I mean, how hot does one spare him? But he's going to go. I, I want to go back to 98 degrees in Finland. I want to go back to Minnesota. Um, so I hope he gets the start and you know makes yeah. a difference right away down there because you can always again if the heat gets to him then you bring in Mender Garcia with the speed up top and throw that at him you know later on in the match so um i listen this whole pack of teams in the middle of the western conference i just don't see a lot of difference in any of them and i think i think any particular night Either team can win. I think that I think it'll be a close match, but I don't see why Minnesota can't go down there and get a result, whether that's whether that's a draw or a win. Um, I, I know I'm even after what I saw Saturday, somehow I'm still optimistic. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. No, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, we saw them put up for the game the week before, so it's not like they don't have it in them. And I, we know that they've uh, maybe unfortunately been for the, you know, the Allianz faithful, They've been more successful on the road, in a sense, this season. So, yeah, um, I, yeah I, I'm totally with you, Dan. I don't see why they can't go down there. It's a midweek. They they want to cast out this past Saturday from their minds. And the perfect way right. to get back on the right track is go down there, take it to the Dynamo, um, and come back home with three points to Allianz, where you face uh, a very good team in LAFC this weekend uh, at home. Yeah, it's uh, not going to be easy for them, though, down in Houston, because Houston this season at home, 7-1-2. and two. Obviously, a lot of home field advantage there with the heat and humidity down in Texas, so the Loons will have to battle that for sure. But again, 7 p.m. pre-match show, 7.30 kickoff with Dan Terra and myself on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Uh, let's take a look across the league at some of the other scores and news and notes from Major League Soccer. I, I actually want to start outside of Major League Soccer, and this is a game I know AJ and I are watching. Dan, I didn't text you about this last night, but uh, U.S. men's national team versus Canadian uh, men's national team, Dane St. Clair in net for Canada. Uh, it was a 2-2 uh, draw between those two sides, went to penalty kicks. Uh, Matt Turner stepped up huge in those penalty kicks, stopping the first two because Matt Turner, that's what he does. Uh, that's what a mm -hmm. goalkeeper should do. Who cares if they can play at their feet? I want them to stop <laughs> the ball, stop the ball from going in the back of the net, and that's what Matt Turner does better than just about anybody on this planet. And he showed out big time for the U.S. men's national team last night. And so did Dane, or Dane St. Clair showed up big time for Canada, made yeah. a couple big saves uh, and had had some good performances, almost stopped uh, Hayes' Ferreira's goal penalty kick in the, the penalty kick shootout. But Dane St. Clair made some absolute wonderful saves for Canada last night in that game. Pretty, yeah. pretty amazing, pretty amazing match to watch. I, I went and replayed and watched the end of it. 
and scoring in extra time. And then uh, I guess what I heard, AJ, was that Matt, uh, that Matt Turner said to the guys before they started the shootout, he said, you guys, I got this, just score, just score. And I got this. So don't you love his confidence? I just, I, that just, that just makes me get chills when, when, a, when a goaltender says that and goes out and does it. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was great. And like you, like you said, Dane St. Clair was awesome for Canada. It sucks that, you know, their gold cup run comes to an end in a sense. I say that as American, because I, you know, I'm rooting for him as a loons player, but I'd rather see, you know, Ferreira, Kate Cowell, Matt Turner, all those guys go through. Um, yeah. But he came up big for them in stoppage time. There was a corner kick that got headed through and it it would have came in right under the bar, maybe go bar down, but he had a palm on that to push it up, up over the goal. And um, that came right before the end of extra time. So he, he came up big for them and was one of the main reasons that uh, they were as competitive as they were last night. But yeah, no um, USA. Whoa. <laughs> I I think that was is that going to be one of the better matches that you're going to see from the remainder of this Gold Cup? Um, like it Probably was one of the, because it's the as you said as you said it's their C team. It wasn't a very well played matchup, but it was a very hard fought matchup between those two sides. And yeah, it I was, love, yeah, it, it was a, like one of the best bad games of soccer I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like it like it was competitive and it was entertaining, but like, you know, I don't know if I'd want to sit down and watch that one again tonight. You know, it's not one I'm gonna watch that <laughs> it's not just a, watch it's, the it's, end. It's the See someone didn't watch Toronto St. Louis this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh other scores across major league soccer this weekend. Uh as expected boys Chicho Orango now that he's back in the league now that he's back to being able to play uh, in this league uh, with Real Salt Lake this time scores 23 minutes in because Chicho Arango is a bonafide goal scorer in this league and LAFC getting rid of him was maybe the, one of the dumbest offseason moves they could have done but here they are they wanted to ship him out they did and then Real Salt Lake went and bought him a couple months later for six million bucks and it paid off immediately uh, he scores in the 23rd minute and Salt Lake go on to just obliterate Orlando in a four nil win in Utah this weekend uh, Real Salt Lake, they are a team to be worried about in the Western Conference, uh, up in fourth place. They're not going to be an easy team to beat at home, even though they have a 3 4 and 4 record. They've also got a 6 3 and 2 record on the road. They're not going to be an easy team at all to beat this season. That is a very difficult team to beat normally. And now that they have a bona fide goal scorer up top, watch out for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out the rest of the year. I think they might be the team uh, team of the second half, and you could kind of see that coming. They kind of they they started slow and they and they built, but they built with just playing good defense and and then yeah, like you said, adding a goal scorer now. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how how far they can climb and and who stumbles at the top. So yeah, Real Salt Lake, uh, not a team that I'm glad we played them early. So got yeah, both those games out of the way. Yes, yes, yeah. And for a team that's sitting fourth with a negative one goal differential, I, I expect <laughs> that's that not going to gonna be, yeah, that that's not going to last very long. Maybe right. when, until whenever their next game is, because that's going to get in positive <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another result that kind of shocked a bunch of people across the league, uh, LA galaxy getting a three, one win against Philadelphia at home. So Philadelphia traveling across country, but LA galaxy coming off a two, one win on July 4th in front of 80,000 fans at the Rose Bowl over LAFC. Look out. Here they come. Look out because Ricky Pooch is just freaking amazing at what he does for that team. 
that playoff team, charge. You know, you only have to go up to what three, four spots to get the playoffs. They're already within three points of the final <laughs> playoff spot in the Western Conference. Exactly. Dan called this a couple weeks exactly. ago. I'll write that down. We'll get to that. <laughs> I didn't think it'd be possible, but here we are, two weeks later. They're already there. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't say watch out for them because it's a very poorly constructed roster. There, they're leaning heavily on Ricky Pooch. They might get a guy from Inter Miami to come over once Lionel Messi joins that squad. That Miami's going to have to do some roster shuffling, uh, move some guys out. Uh, but I don't know that I see LA Galaxy making a climb up the Western Conference. But as you said, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of points to do that. They're within three points of the playoffs already. Yeah. Yeah, I think AJ. I think that uh, they 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 started so bad, and there was. I mean, fans were literally uh, would have just you know sent them out of town and said, "Forget it, we don't want a team." But just this little glimmer of hope might be yeah. enough. I don't know. I, I guess I I'm I don't agree with uh, with you, Jonathan. I just think there's a really good chance that they put up enough wins to get in the playoffs. They've got a good head coach, so that could do it for them. So sure, yeah, maybe sure. ragging only on them a little bit too hard. We're only like a month and a half or so removed of videos coming out of like fans staying <laughs> after the game and like argue, yeah. like shouting arguments with players and coaches and GMs on the field. So yeah. well, um, the GM was a yeah. reason there was a whole different reason other than just yeah. Okay. Play, but, but, yeah. but you know, I think it still speaks true. Like that's an inc- yeah. insane turnaround to now you're, you got, you're playing more competitive. You're looking like the LA galaxy. It's funny. Like I'll admit as funny as it was to kind of see them just be in the state that they were, I think it's better for the league and to have them being, you know, a little more competitive and in the mix. So um, yeah, this is the surge that Dan predicted of what, two, three weeks ago, not even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to those prediction segments. Why don't we? Uh, we'll start off with the predictor a segment we do every week. Dan, why don't you introduce it? I won't let AJ do his best Dan impression because last week's wasn't that great. No, uh, I, so I, we'll I, let was, Dan I was do caught it. off guard for real week. this time. <laughs> uh, the predictor, you pick uh, scores uh, and winners, ties, draws, whatever from three upcoming MLS matches, including Minnesota. Uh, if you get uh, the winner right or pick a draw, you get a point. If you get the score exactly correct, you get a bonus point. See, I think, AJ, where you went wrong is you didn't have the Minnesota. You got to get the Minnesota in there. You went with a cough. Oh, I don't know where that came from. but uh, Oh, jeez. No, I, I was trying to, like, make my voice a little deeper, a little raspier to make to match Dan. And in the middle of it, I just couldn't I couldn't hold back the cough anymore. So I had to... You got a lot of whiskey and cigars before you get that, buddy. <laughs> All right, so an accountability session quick. A uh, couple things coming off the board here, obviously. No Dan last week, so he didn't have anything, any points. Uh come off the board from last week's predictions, but we all did have one from the first week of the season when we predicted the scoreline for, or the result for that LA galaxy LAFC game. Uh, AJ and I both are in the red on this one because we both had LAFC winning. So we don't care about those scores, but because LA galaxy won, Dan gets a point here. He said it'd be a three 2 LA galaxy win. So he gets a point there. And that is the sole point from this week. Yeah. Uh, wow. Because AJ went over because that's what he likes to do week in and week out. Uh, <laughs> I went well, who, over only because one of my games was suspended in the middle of it because poor weather in Colorado. So that <laughs> one is postponed to a later date. I think it's being played this Wednesday, according to Major League Soccer, soccer.com. We'll see. But uh, I predicted the Colorado-Portland game. I predicted Portland win 1-0 because Colorado hadn't won at home this season. Well, AJ also predicted a similar result in their weekend game against uh FC Dallas, he predicted a 3-0 FC Dallas win. 
Colorado finally gets on the board at home. They get their first home win of the season on July 8th or whatever it was. And uh, that prediction proves wrong for AJ. But other than that, no points, no more points. So the the score line, the score is up to date this season. Dan, you're on 21 points. I'm on 18 and AJ is on 17. So Dan, since you have a three-point lead, I'm not going to allow you to defend against us. You get to pick first. I do better when I don't show up. <laughs> okay, where to start? I was hoping not to go first because I don't really. I, I I'm looking for some somebody to say something outrageous to react to. So, um, okay, how about this? Dane St. Clair when he returns to the club and starts. Wrong segment. What? You're Time skipping out. ahead. Time out. I'm out. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. Yellow card. Dan gets a yellow uh, card. God dang it. Time now I, I showed my hand already for the other segment. Now you I'm screwed for before both. you showed the complete hand. Now I'm screwed for both us one of the three cards. Minnesota won, Houston won Wednesday night. <laughs> Damn it. Stupid. Uh, we're going Minnesota-Houston. I will go a 2-1 win for Minnesota on the road. Nice. I see them bouncing back in a big way. 3-1 Minnesota on the road. Wow. I like it. All right, Dan. Okay. uh, Minnesota got it now, all right? Minnesota (laughs) 2. Minnesota 2, LAFC 2. What was that? Minnesota 2, LAFC 2. Oh, you're going the other one. Okay. 2-2. That's right. We have Mm -hmm. two Minnesota games. There's two. Minnesota... You said 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I'm yep. going with another 2-1 win for Minnesota wow. at home. They're not going to keep LAFC off the score sheet, but uh, Minnesota 2, LAFC 1. I oof, I had 2-2 two, two originally. I'm going to knock it down to go 1-1. One, one. Okay. A draw. Home draw. 1-1. One, one. All right. I mean, it is, the right. home, it is the home game, so they always struggle at home for some reason this season. So. Wait a Way to be brave and just stick yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last one. <laughs> last one. Colorado two, Portland one. Colorado wins two in a row at home. All right. I like it. All right, AJ. Um, I will go LA Galaxy two, Vancouver Whitecaps one this coming Saturday. All right. I'm going to go another game this coming Saturday. St. Louis hosting Miami. It seems like a, a bunt, a bunt single because Miami haven't won since before Jesus was born at this point. So uh, I'm going to go or Christ. <laughs> which Both. one? Which which? <laughs> Jesus or Jesus? Both at this point. <laughs> it's been a while for Miami. I'm going with a three nil win for St. Louis. Wow. The final one. All right. Uh, you you skipped yourself and made me go before you. So I've already said my three. Oh, okay. Well, that works. We're done. Um, bad at this. All right. Uh, time for write that down. Our other soccer related prediction segment of the week where we each make three soccer related predictions don't necessarily have to be scoreline related. It can be anything uh, soccer related. One of them has to be a Minnesota United related prediction. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call those goals. And the person with the most goals at the end of the season wins the coveted golden boot. And uh, that doesn't it, exist. It doesn't exist. Never has. Never will. Uh, we had four things come off the board this week. Uh, as always, starting left to right, Timo Puki, I said, will score in his debut. He did not, so I don't get a point there. That's the only thing I had come off the board. Uh, as we previously hinted at, Dan, you had you said a couple weeks ago that LA Galaxy will climb within three points of the last playoff spot. 
it, at some point this season. My my favorite type of prediction where I have to keep track of the standings. <laughs> Just be be wary of where every team is. Thankfully, they finished off uh, the weekend within three points of that final playoff spot, so you get that one there. You did say Minnesota United will not give up four or more goals in a game this season. That was after the Montreal loss. Well, Austin had other other things Such to Brent Coleman's defense. Uh, and then, AJ, you said Dane St. Clair will record a clean sheet for Canada at the Gold Cup. He did not. He gave up two goals in both mm-hmm. of those games. So the only point today coming for Dan, that means our leaderboard reads as such. Dan on 18, AJ on 16, I am on 7. And once again, Dan, since you're in the league, you don't get to defend. You go first. Come on. Go with that pick that you were. That you no, want. no, I'm not. I'm going with something else. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, this You guys want to call this a tap-in or a gimme. You can take one of your own. But I'm saying uh, uh, Pookie scores a goal Wednesday against Houston. All right. All right. I'll take Write it. that down. Just one? Yes. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. All right, because I can't wait for you to be wrong, but my uh, my brace one is correct. Do it. Do it. Uh, my first one, Dane St. Clair, will record, in his return to Minnesota, will record a clean sheet in at least two of their next five matches of league play. Wow. I like it. Okay. That's an old prediction there from AJ. Uh, I like it. Uh, write this down. Minnesota United will win their group in League's Cup. That's a thing that's happening next month, boys. I don't know if you noticed. Is that at Allianz Field? It's happening. Yeah, they'll they'll host their two games at Allianz Field. Uh, I know what it is. I'm tired of trying to explain it to people. <laughs> I'm tired of trying to figure out what the hell it is. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Just like the to... just like the new NBA tournament that's happening in the middle of the season. It it yes. The thing that's happening that I don't think needs to happen, but here we are. Right. Hmm. All right, Dan. You got it. Uh, write this down. USA one Panama nil on Ooh, Wednesday. The rare goal write line prediction down. here and, uh, write that down. It's going to be a tough one. Cause Panama is just coming off a four nil thumping. It yeah. just moved on with a four nil win. So it's going to be a very tough, tough game for the U S AJ in the remaining gold cup run. It, uh, at least one, or at least one U S player will have a brace in a match. So right. in their remaining games, whether it's just whatever this upcoming week or they go through the final, whatever, there will be at least one brace for a U.S. player. All right. Similar along the similar lines for me in their remain as or in their remaining Gold Cup run. Matt Turner will save at least one more penalty kick. Wow. Happen if they have to go to penalties again or if it happens in the run of play, it doesn't matter. He will save at least one more penalty kick. Write that okay. down. Dan, wow. your final one. All right, let's see. Since AJ messed with me with Dane St. Clair, let me go and read. All right, so Dane St. Clair, in his uh, first start back, will get a clean sheet. All right, I like it. All right, Do, quick uh, tangent. is is He's not set to rejoin by Wednesday's match, is he? We don't know? Don't know. No idea. Don't know. All right, I was going to say, we'll find out. based on your 2-2 scoreline prediction for – Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're looking. Oh, oh, you, oh, you're looking for consistency. I'm Dan's for betting consistency. against himself here. You will never. You will I, never be good at this game. You will you're never be good at this game if you're consistent. You have to be all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with. I was hoping to maybe counter because I couldn't think of one uh, earlier, pookie, but pookie, pookie. 
we're going to go with Minnesota by the end of the month of July will be into the top seven of the Western Conference. Okay. At the end of July, they'll be, well, I mean, they've got two games to do it. So, because this, this week is their final MLS games of uh, the month. So, they'll have, they'll have a week to get you up there, go? Adrian. Yep. I'm banking on a lot of, a lot of drop points amongst uh, the next couple of teams. That's fair. Uh, write this down. Devin Padelford scored his first ever major league soccer goal. Write this down by the, by the time, or by the time we talk next. So over this next two games, he will get his first start for the club. Right. Wow. There. Okay, cool. Did you see the video by the way of him going over to greet his family after he scored? Yeah, super Great cool. moment. I love super those. Super cool for that kid. Yeah, those, his dad was trying so hard to be cool at the end of the uh, receiving line. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I love that he stuff. Knew he, he knew he was on camera and didn't want to do the I typical know, parent thing of cry. But, like, <laughs> obviously, if you're any kind of – if you're if you're a parent and your kid just scores, like, a professional goal, that's that's an pretty awesome cool. moment. Yeah. Yep. So, congratulations to that kid. Good to see a Minnesota homegrown player score a goal and get some minutes. Uh, you love to see the academy start producing some of these guys and uh, the loons taking advantage of that academy. So. Good to see, uh, boys. Good stuff this week. We will talk to you Wednesday, Wednesday uh, on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. 7 p.m. pre-match show, 7.30 p.m. kickoff with Dan Terrar and myself as your loons head down to hot and sticky Houston to take on the Dynamo, a very tough home team. We will talk to you then, loons fans. Have a good one. Yeah.